Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Let's open the Word of God today. And last week I talked about the powerful truth of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you listen to someone long enough, you'll find out what's really going on inside their heart, whether it's full of faith or fear or hope or pain. And it got me thinking about what happens if you have stuff happening and coming out of your soul, but you want to change that. How do you bring about some control and change into what is coming out of our lives? And it got me thinking about a very powerful word called self-control which is a scary word, and we don't like reading that in the Bible, and we skip over those verses, just like we don't like reading verses about suffering or pain. Self-control talks about discipline, and the Bible says, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. A disciple is a disciplined one. Wow. And sometimes the reason stuff comes out of our souls is because God... We need to learn to live a life of self-control and discipline. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Wow, this is a gift. God gives us the ability to live lives of personal discipline. The abilities that result in a calm well-balanced mind, and self-control. Wow, so that verse says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but He did give us power, love, and a sound mind that leads to self-control. Wow, so let's take a hold of what God did give us and what He didn't give us. So often we end up dwelling on the things we don't have instead of the things we do have and he says I've given you it's a gift I've given you a spirit an ability to respond to the Holy Spirit and out of that comes sound thinking so you don't have to live with crazy thinking or fear controlled anxious thinking it says it will bring sound judgment and it will bring self-control is one of the gifts and fruit of the spirit that God wants us to have So some of us are very self-controlled in some areas and we are terrible in others. You'll see someone who is just amazingly self-controlled, maybe with their food and they can just eat really healthy and well. But then they'll fill their mind with the most unbelievable junk or they'll just lose their temper. And you're thinking, how does that work? You are so disciplined with your food and eating, but you lose your temper so easily. How does that work? God wants us to grow with self-control in every area of our lives. You say, that's impossible. No, it's not, because God said He will give you the ability and give you the Spirit so you can grow and learn to mature in those ways. Let's have a look at this in the Word of God. Proverbs 16.32. Proverbs 16.32. Better a patient person than a warrior. Better one with self-control than one who takes a city. Wow, wow. Better one who can have self-control than someone who's an awesome leader and warrior can take a whole city. Because you can do this and you can lose it all here. And so God says, wow, self-control is a very, very, very important aspect of being a follower of Jesus, a disciple, a disciplined one, one who has order in their lives. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When we allow sin and self to rule, we end up with disorder and chaos. Some of you in workplaces, you know, if, if there's not order 
there comes disorder and chaos and it's a terrible place to live. You walk into someone's home and there's just chaos and disorder everywhere and there's strife. It's not a pleasant place to live. And God wants us to have order. Proverbs 25, 28 says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Wow, in those days, remember the, the wall protected the city from invaders. So if a wall, the walls of the city are broken down, it's like you're vulnerable for anything to rob and steal and control your life. And that's what happens. If we don't have self-control in our lives, someone comes along with a, an offer of something for our lives that we know is not right, but we get addicted and controlled by something else because we don't have self-control or good boundaries in our lives. It's interesting, the book of Titus, they were a pretty rough uh, crew um, that uh, Titus written to the people of Crete. And listen to what it says in Titus 2, 11 to 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. He was writing there, maybe 20 or 30 years after Jesus had gone back to heaven. But let me tell you, we need to live in this present age, self-controlled, upright and godly lives. Because there's such a, a chaos and selfishness and out of control stuff going on in so many households and lives and communities. And it says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Wow. And I believe that God, one of the things God wants to do by His Spirit is to build self-control in our lives and he can help us do it and most of us are self-controlled in some areas but we have trouble in others we might be really good with self-control in our exercise and you're one that can get up and go swimming and and do your jogging and your bike riding or your your exercises whatever but in your relationships you've got terrible self-control someone offends you you just want to Take them out, you know. you just got no self-control with your, your mouth. Some people, when the pressure's on, words come out of your mouth of swearing and blasphemy. You think, where did that come from? I love Jesus, and yet somehow that's come out. God wants to bring self-control over our mouth, over our heart, over our thinking, over our actions. Otherwise, addictions and strongholds will start to take over, and you lose self-control, and it begins to control you. And God says, in your relationship, don't be controllers. Lead people, support and encourage people, but don't be controllers because that's not the way God's called us to live. If you have self-control, you'll rarely then control others for the wrong reasons. God wants us to have that healthy balance in our lives. 1 Corinthians 9.24, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win? But only one receives the prize. Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. Wow, some of you are saying, well, I'm not an athlete. Just look at my body. I'm not a real good athlete. Hey, but we're running the race of life, so let's apply it to that, okay? Don't disqualify yourself from these verses says, self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Wow, this is about eternal issues. How terrible it is when someone's got great potential, 
the school teachers here, they see a kid with great potential that could achieve incredible stuff, either academically or artistically or in um, their uh, sporting world, and yet they never get anywhere near their potential because they just don't have discipline or self-control. Parents, how frustrating when you see a child think, you could be amazing. Oh, I don't want to try. Ah. Oh. Well, they start out and two weeks later they've given up practicing, you know, and they're thinking, you can do it. Sometimes as adults, we up and in and out, even in our Christian faith, because we don't have just that discipline, that self-control. And yet it's, God says, I can help you get there. And self-controlled doesn't mean living a boring, no fun, no adventure life. So, oh, if I'm self-controlled, then I can't enjoy life. Hey, I reckon if you've got self-control, you've got energy to do all the things you're meant to do. Not wasting it and destroying your mind or your body or your relationships by those things that are out of control. You will be able to fulfill and achieve much more in your life. I know I need to keep reasonably healthy and fit to keep doing what God has called me to do. When I go to the missions trip, um, and I preach 15 times in 10 days and travel several thousand kilometers. I've got, to be, I've got to be revival and meeting fit and physically fit. Otherwise, I can't keep up that schedule. And some of you have got roles and functions in your families. And we don't have discipline in our lives. So we can't fulfill all that God's given us to do. And yet the Spirit of God is there to help us. And we need self-control in our words, our actions. Food and eating. Uh-oh. Are we allowed to talk about that in church? Yes, the Bible does talk about it. I've watched some people, they're amazingly disciplined in so many areas, but when they get food in front of them, they just lose all control. I mean, you're laughing at me and nudging one another. We all have weaknesses, but it's amazing. If you have trouble with food, you need to do some fasting for a while. Just, just miss one or two meals, and your body will be screaming out, saying, I'm dying, I'm dying. No, you're not dying. You're just bringing a bit of control to appetites that are ruling a lot. Some people in their sexuality, they just really struggle to have it um, channeled and, and controlled in, in a marriage relationship and, and healthy boundaries. At other times, God says, you can have self-control. I'll help you if you're willing to cooperate and work with me and submit those areas to your life, of your life to God. What about your temper and anger? So oh, it's just the way I am. My dad was like that and my mum, grandma was like, no, don't use those excuses anymore. God says, stop the excuses and let me start to change you and make you who I've called you to be. We, we just use excuses all the time, but Jesus used to confront his disciples and say, stop carrying on like that. He does it in love, but he does it clearly because self-control means we get a focused, disciplined, fruitful life. God knows we have human weaknesses. But don't keep using the excuses because he wants us to grow and mature. Don't keep wasting opportunities. Let's have a look at a few minutes at the Apostle Peter. I love Peter's story. He inspires me. John 1, 41, 42. He first looked up and found his own brother Simon and told him, We found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. Simon means a reed. So he was an unpredictable, unstable character, and he was a reed. That was his original um, name. Cephas and Peter both mean rock or stone. 
Peter was anything but a rock of stability. He was impulsive. He was unstable. He swore and denied knowing Jesus when his life was under threat. He often spoke abruptly without thinking. However, in the book of Acts, only three and a half years later after he was called, he was a pillar and a great leader in the early church. And he wrote First and Second Peter about 30 years later, which is filled with amazing verse of humility, of control, of surrender, of the lordship of Jesus. So if Peter was a reed, unstable and unpredictable and just shooting off with his mouth and angry and God can turn him into one of the most amazing leaders the church has ever seen, that gives you and I hope. Wow, I love it because Jesus saw Peter and saw what he could become. That is so, so powerful. He learned self-control as Jesus transformed him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. Many miracles happened through Peter's life. Even at one stage, he used to walk down the street and if anyone got close enough to his shadow, they'd get healed. I thought, wow! And here's the guy that was so unpredictable and unreliable that he was just a reed and, and just caused chaos. And now somehow he surrendered his life and his weaknesses to the Spirit of God and he started to let discipline and control come in his life and look what God did with him over decades because God turned a broken reed into someone who's a stone and a rock and a pillar that God called. He says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. The confession of Christ and of his, the lordship of Jesus over someone like Peter. Jesus named him, listen to this, Jesus named him not for what he was, but for what he would become by God's amazing grace. And that's how Jesus sees you and I today. No matter how long you've been a Christian, maybe you're still on the journey trying to work it out. You say, mate, I've got stuff that I'm just so undisciplined or lack self-control in. God knows. And he, called, he spoke to Peter and said, you'll become a rock and a leader and a, someone reliable and strong and in control. So Jesus spoke to what he was going to become and that's where, what Peter headed towards. And today... No matter what areas we wrestle with, Jesus looks at us and says, you are becoming this. And then we choose by submitting and surrendering and discipline that we grow into what God has called us to do. We're all on that journey. None of us have got it all together because we live on this earth and we live in fragile, broken bodies that God is restoring. We live in a carnal world, but God works His grace in our hearts and our lives. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 6-11. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. This is impetuous Peter, who wanted to be in charge. Set aside self-righteous pride, so that He may exalt you to the place of honor in His service at the appropriate time. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Be sober, well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. After you have suffered for a little while, 
the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favour, who called you by his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen and establish you, making you what you ought to be. Wow, I love that. That's what Jesus promised to us and that's the journey that we're on. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty forever and ever. Amen. Wow, what a beautiful, beautiful promise that the God of grace will come and strengthen you, help you. How many of us have discovered that in our life when we've been weak, when we've been facing temptation, when we've even blown it, God comes and says, come on, let's get up and have another go. Don't lay down there. Don't let the lying devil hold you in control, but live a self-controlled, disciplined life. I will make a pathway and a way for you to live in freedom, not controlled and, and run over by this life and the schemes of the enemy and our own weaknesses. In 2 Peter 1.5, here again Peter writes, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, add to your faith. And self-control is one of the things he said, make sure you add that into your life. Some of us are organized and disciplined people. Most of us have to learn to do it. But don't give up and don't keep using excuses saying, well, I just can't do it. With God, all things are possible to him that believes. How do you change? Become a disciple of Jesus, a disciplined one. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I invite you to open your heart today and say, I need to get on this pathway of relationship with the God who created me and is calling out the best in my life, not the worst like everyone else. How do you see others? Do you see and speak over others what they are going to become or what they are and keep pushing people down and condemning them and judging them? God says, see people as they're going to become and start to call that forth. It's amazing when you start to speak life over them. They did a survey years ago where they had two classes and they set up this test, but the students didn't know what was happening. And they basically said, we divided these two classes up and these are all the intelligent ones that are going to probably achieve better and these are the ones who probably are going to struggle. The teachers knew what was happening. So the teachers of the ones who were the, put in the more intelligent, they just spoke hope and what they were going to become and you can do it and you can overcome. The other teacher, uh, they just basically said, well, you know, you're struggling. We'll do the best we can. Guess what at the end? The ones who were said they were intelligent, they achieved way higher marks. But the reality is those kids were picked at random and not in anything. They weren't more intelligent at all. But it's what the teacher believed in them is where they rose to. And how's that in life? Don't speak down and what people are, speak what they can become. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's why every promise speaks to our lives, said you're a son or a daughter, you can arise. You don't have to live a controlled life of darkness from the works of the enemy. You can arise and achieve what God has called you to do. And the Holy Spirit, though every prophecy will call you forth to arise to achieve what God calls you to do. As the family of God, we speak encouragement and support and hope. Yes, we address the issues that need to be addressed, but something happens when you believe the best about others. 
That's how God sees us. And he calls us to arise. He wants to remind you the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There it is. It's actually a fruit of the Spirit. So the more you worship, the more you walk in the Spirit, the more you let God's Word and presence flow, it will grow. Self-control will grow in your life. Thirdly, the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your Word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow, sow the word of God in our children. Sow it in your own heart. Sow it in one another. The power of the word of God. When I was 18 and 19, I'd learned hundreds of verses in the Bible. Someone didn't tell me to do it. The Spirit of God stirred my heart. And I remember I wrote out hundreds of verses. This is before we had computers. You could type it all in. And I wrote them out by hand on little cards. I'll have the reference on one side and the the verse written word by word on the other. And I I used to learn anywhere from six to ten a week. And I did that for two years. God just stirred my heart. And I have hundreds of verses in my mind and my heart. And I can still repeat most of them now because that helped sort my life out and deal with some of the fears and some of the challenges I was wrestling with as a young man in my life. And I put the word of God in my heart. And that was some of the first ones I learned was some... 119, and uh, those verses 9 to 11, and Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God will shine and help you get courage and discipline and control in your life because it's to bring out the best in you. That's what God calls us, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharp and any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And lastly, if you want to grow in self-discipline, submit your body and your desires to the Lord. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, not apart, as a living, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Wow, that's very good. So you worship with intelligence, understanding, and with spirit and soul. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Wow, wow. So if you want to grow in self-control, make sure you're connected to Jesus. If you don't know Him as your Lord and Saviour, I urge you to open your heart and start the journey. Secondly, you need to realize it is a fruit of the Spirit. So let it grow and develop it. Don't keep pulling green fruit off and saying, I haven't sorted that out yet. Let God keep developing it. Thirdly, let the Word of God Build in your life the truth because it will set boundaries and help you to make right choices. And fourthly, submit your body and desires to the Lord. After Peter denied knowing Jesus before the crucifixion, Jesus met him on the beach, poured out his unconditional love in him and said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me with all your heart? And called him again to follow him to fulfill his life's purpose. 
Love can cause you to exercise self-control. One little story as we wrap it up today. I heard this story of this uh, lovely older couple and, and they were, their uh, spouses had died and they met each other and they were in their 60s and, and they started to have a friendship grow and they started to really love each other. But the guy, he'd wrestled for about 30 years with smoking and a few other things in his life and wasn't a real strong Christian, didn't go to church all the time. This lady, she was just full on for Jesus and said, I really love you, but there's only something I need to tell you. If, if we're ever to get married and our relationship is going to really work, I, I just can't handle cigarette smoke. And I want you to really come to church and let's really go, go on for God. This guy had wrestled for 30 years trying to give up smoking. Guess what? He'd never smoked another cigarette from that day because love gave him the power to be free. And I want you to know that God's love for you will give you the power to be free. When you know how much God loves you and how much people care for you, it will give you courage to say no to ungodly things. It will help you to overcome those things that have been ripping you off. I thought, wow, wow, wow. But God's perfect love drives out fear. Let's stand in His presence today. I want to encourage you that some of you can look back and say, wow, you've so changed my life already. There's self-control, there's discipline. Mate, I look back five or ten years and think, wow, you've changed me. Some of us are still in a journey and you're wrestling with some stuff of fear. Maybe it's anxiety or fear that just rules your mind. Say, God, I want to live a life where my heart and my mind is freer and not controlled by that. I don't want addictions. I don't want anger and temper to, to destroy my credibility and destroy my relationships. Lord, I want you to keep me growing in the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I want to, I want to move into greater places of freedom where I can be all that you've called me to be. Let's just close our eyes for a moment and just take a moment. If you're a believer and you've seen that fruit growing in your life, just thank Him for a moment. Just saying, well, Lord, I used to have real struggles in this, but now you've just set me free. Or maybe there's an area where it used to be such a controlling and now it's an occasional temptation that you just got to say, God, no, I'm not going back there. Or maybe you're in the middle of a huge battle for your soul. The enemy, the roaring lion, is just roaring and saying, you can't change. You've tried before and that's just too hard. But I want to say the truth is Jesus loves you and he wants to set you free. Maybe right now you're realizing, wow, I'd love the name of Jesus to really help me to grow in freedom. But I've realized that there's some stuff just stealing and robbing from my life. My anger just gets out of control. My appetites and sexuality is not under the lordship of Jesus. And I've realized that I'm trying to fill needs in my soul of love and acceptance and of realizing that Jesus, only you can truly do that. Maybe today you've realized you've never really opened your heart to Jesus and you're here today. Someone's invited you along or you're here for the first time or you've been coming for a while and you've realized, wow, I've been trying to sort my life out but it's just not working because you need to come and open your heart to Jesus and, and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. If you've never done that or you need to come back and reaffirm your faith today I'd like to pray for you if that's you just lift your hand where you are and say please pray for me I want to get my life right with God who's that today so that's me I realize I need to surrender my life to Jesus just lift your hand wherever you are down the back over the side so that's me 
just let's do it with all of our heart because God's calling you today. I can feel his love. Yeah, God bless you. Who else? Just lift it up on high and say, hey, I want to I get my life right. I don't want to keep wrestling with this junk and I want to surrender to Jesus. Who else quickly that the God's calling you right now? He loves you. There are many of us today as believers, we've seen God do amazing things in our lives, but we wrestle with stuff. And I want to let us sing this beautiful song. What a beautiful name it is. And as we do, I want you just to reach up to heaven and say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me. Those that put their hand up or would like to, I would like you to come and join me at the front. I want to pray for you today. There's some others that you know God's resting heart. You're too scared to come. Just grab a friend's and say, hey, will you come with me because I want prayer. Just come and join us quickly right now. Come with us. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 